Sitting at the house of mercy On the water's edge Was a man who met the Savior So the gospel said Waiting there he was With the lepers and the lame Till an angel it was told Down from heaven came Folks came from all around From near and from far Just to sit here at the house of mercy Waiting for the waters to stir Just to sit here at the house of mercy Waiting for the waters to stir who made the universe out of nothing decides to do something even harder, enter the world through a human family. Nice. Yeah. I'm so glad that you all are here to hear, you know, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Nice. Um, traditionally, I think this is the muskrat week. Yeah, muskrat. I think so. <laughs> Or love, I mean, depends on which one you're doing it, right? So welcome, and uh, so good to see so many people I haven't seen in a long time here. You're here on a great Sunday uh, as well, because this is the uh, Sunday in which we, uh, well, let's say hello to the band. Hey, look, let's all say hello to that Randall Grievous Angel Band. Yeah, it's good to hear you. Um, no, not yet. Okay, thanks. Um, no, but we're gonna. You know, this is the pageant. This is the pageant week, and we've been um, having these original pageants that are unique. They're very House of Mercy. We've been doing them now. I mean, we've been doing them so long now. And Britt, who writes them now, uh, on the first one, she played the baby Jesus. <laughs> That's how long we've been doing them. So um, it's this is gonna. This is gonna be a good one. This is House of Mercy Christmas pageant. Podcast edition, The Big Lie Uncovered. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot, uh, a lot to come here. Yeah. yeah, so exciting. If you were wondering what's going to happen next week, like, are we going to have a Christmas yeah. service? We are. Christmas Day service, as usual, 4.30. If you'd like to come to a Christmas Eve service, Bethlehem, the church that owns this building, is having their service at 1 p.m. So Christmas Eve, 1 p.m. here, Christmas Day, 4.30. And um, this Wednesday night here, right, hold an evening prayer, is that right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. It's, a, it's a modified hold an evening okay. prayer right. for the longest night. Oh, oh the nice. longest night, so yeah. I think it'll be great. Uh, the hold an evening prayer is a Lutheran thing, right? Longest night is emo Christmas. Longest <laughs> night of emo Christmas, it'll be good. <laughs> Those Lutherans, what can't they do? They make it all emo. That's yeah, that's what they coffee. do. Okay, you know what? Also, we are coming uh, close to the end of our pledge drive. And I know a lot of people looking at my hat saying, how do I get one of these? 
Um, just keep admiring it while I tell you. Um, you know, we discovered that if everyone who is currently pledging increases their pledge by $34 a month, that will completely eliminate the chasm in our financial situation that opened up during uh, the uh, pandemic. So if you go back at the, at the kiosk back there, you can fill out a card, you can do a first-time pledge, increase your pledge, and you're gonna get one of these hats right here. It's, uh, it's a new design. It's, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. You can also get the uh, House of Mercy Recordings diner mug, a sticker pack, and um, yeah. Like $34. $34, it gets you a lot. It gets it a gets lot. It gets you a lot. $34 gets a lot. $34 gets a lot. God is good and hell is hot. $34 gets a lot. Yeah, so at Better Church, you can go back, and uh, Dave will be back there. If you have any questions, you can fill out your form, and uh, uh, you, you'll get a lot. This is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it.
Won't you please join me in the prayer of invocation? God of mercy, we are ready for the light, the life, and the love you're inbreaking. Fill us with the light that enlightens all people. And in this time of darkness, prepare us for the coming of the light so that we might bear witness to your love, your life, that enlivens all people. Bring us love and your mercy and the peace that falls on all of us. Cover us and comfort us until the light breaks through fully and for everyone. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you all. Let's exchange a sign of peace with one another. Won't you please join me in the prayers of community? I'll end each prayer with Lord in your mercy and I invite you to respond, hear our prayer. God of mercy, in this time of expectation, of peace breaking into our world, we pray for deep peace and real justice and more peace and deep mercy. We pray for peace and forgiveness and peace and love and peace and healing of all your creation. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, we pray for all of those who are in need of physical, spiritual, and emotional healing. We pray for those who are dying. Overwhelm them with your presence. Pray for those who mourn and for those who are in prison and for prisoners of addiction, for those of us who struggle with mental illness and profound loneliness. We know that you are a healer, that your love and mercy and peace will surround us all. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, it seems somehow more important this time that we learn what it means to practice reconciliation. That we ask for forgiveness for all those things in our lives that we have said or done or left unsaid. Bring us to the place where we are ready to make amends. Give us the strength to be vulnerable, to confess these things. We know that we have not loved you with all that we have, but we know that you will judge us with your grace and you pronounce us forgiven. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, meet us now in this extended time of silence.
Amen. for tonight is from the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling, to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, 
which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The word of God. It's hard to access just how weird the Christmas story is. After hearing it over and over and over and over, although the House of Mercy Christmas pageant never failingly helps. Thank you, youngsters and Anne Britt. It was great. There are versions of the nativity everywhere you look, but not many of them seem at all surprising. I saw this TikTok panning over this long line of identical, cheap, plastic, life-size, little baby Jesus figures made in China, 50% off, outside of Walmart, which I actually think might get closer to the Christmas spirit than the nativity paintings I saw at the Botticelli exhibit, commissioned by the ultra-rich and powerful Medicis to hang in their bedrooms. A sidewalk outside a discount store fits the scene better than a Medici palace. Christmas should probably be a little bit unsettling. The little baby Jesus enters this world that has sweatshop workers making cheap plastic nativity scenes. This world with its gross disparity and enormous capacity for violence, God enters this place as a vulnerable little baby. It seems practically dangerous, like a really smart God might keep some distance from the mess that we've made. Toxic islands of plastic three times the size of France floating in the Pacific, killing sea turtles and whales because we can't stop with the plastic. It's embarrassing. Humans seem a little offensive, selfish, careless. I mean, compared to, I don't know, seahorses or dolphins. But God became a human being, a sapien. In spite of our history of genocide and greed, maybe because of all creatures, we especially needed help. This week, Russell read the story of the birth of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. You have to come on Christmas if you want to hear it from Luke, which I quite prefer, actually. Luke is more Mary forward. Mary gets visited by an angel in Luke. Mary is favored, blessed, magnifies the Lord. Luke is all about women and wombs and babies leaping. And Luke, the mother of Jesus, calls for the upheaval of the systems that run the world. Matthew, on the other hand, says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way and then proceeds to tell us all about Joseph. Joseph this, Joseph that. Joseph is a righteous man. Joseph is visited by an angel. And somehow Joseph comes out looking like the hero of Matthew's account of the birth, the birth of Christ. Just a hint to anyone who hasn't done the actual birthing, even if you are very kind and helpful, 
It is not really cool to tell the story that way. And Luke has the manger. If you want to impact people with wild reversals, with the unglamorous nature of God's birth into this world, the manger's a good story. Manger from manje to eat, to chew. The baby Jesus is placed in the trough where animals feed. Think animals chewing. And these aren't pets. Dirty sheep that have that smell of wet animal fur and manure, hooves, bleeding, mooing, more cattle barn at the state fair than Caesar's palace. It should feel a little bit shocking. But it's hard to be surprised by it when you've seen 350,000 manger scenes. Maybe someone should figure out how to add scent, like a candle that smells like manure would be more Christian than balsam, juniper, berries, cinnamon, peppermint. Matthew doesn't even have a manger, but he does have a family, which does kind of say, look out for crazy. I mean, familial dysfunction is a theme in the Bible from moment one. Adam and Eve have one son who murders the other. Abraham, the father of faith, leaves one of his sons to die in the wilderness and nearly cuts the throat of the other. Joseph's brothers throw him in a pit and sell him into slavery. Families are fraught. But so far, anyway, this is how people get born. Maybe not always a traditional family, but you know, you are related to people, genetically. You're born from and into relationship. It's messy and complicated and vulnerable and beautiful. Human babies need to be fed and carried and kept warm. They need people. And it's such a vulnerable position to be in, to need people. Because as much as we love, we also hurt and damage and fail. God comes into the world as a baby who needs people. It's vulnerable. Families are often the source of mental and physical illness and trauma and healing and forgiveness and love. The family Jesus is coming in the world through starts out on pretty shaky ground, a baby out of wedlock. Matthew helps us see how precarious the situation was, gets to the heart of the sort of unseemly potential by telling it, sort of, or getting at it from Joseph's perspective. I'll give Matthew that. Joseph knows that he hasn't had sex with his fiancée, but she is pregnant. Something that could have resulted in her, along with her illegitimate fetus, being stoned to death, according to the law. Matthew starts the story with its potential disgrace and riskiness, so on the surface. There's actually catastrophic potential. It's an interesting choice. The incarnate God is not beamed down from heaven as some self-sufficient organism, but dependent on his family, his mother, 
his, what do you call Joseph? His stepfather, vulnerable. Some of the deepest pain in life is in families, whether the grief of loss or the hurt those deeply connected are able to inflict. It is a fraught path to come into the world on. Most families have some dysfunction and some have loads. The family isn't a place where you're able to maintain some carefully cultivated public persona. It's where our brokenness and our delightfulness is most out there. Among the people who see us sleep and hear us snore and deal with our crap. Family may be one of the best places to practice, to practice being kind and merciful and forgiving, and one of the hardest. Because these people and their behavior affect us so much, and we are so obviously, unavoidably intertwined. God comes into the world embedded in a family. James Allison says, what is astonishing about it is, is that unlike any power we know, this power is confident enough to be vulnerable. And that means confident enough in us to be vulnerable to us. God makes humans God's family. And this is the way that God reveals God's self as the one who loves people. Weird funny, crazy, terrible, beautiful, broken humans. This is how God creates the way of mercy in the world, through people. What sort of power allows itself to be so vulnerable is prepared to trust itself to one of the notoriously, the most notoriously unreliable features of human existence, the riskiness of human gestation, the riskiness of childbirth, and the potential hazards of family. It's a revelation, not only of God's love for us, but God's confidence in us, in what we can become, what God can make of us. And you are invited to participate in this practice, to eat together as a broken family, drawn together in mercy. I am so glad each Christmas Eve, the night of Jesus' birth, and like the sun, the stars shone forth, and angels said, child in Bethlehem. He was a king indeed, for he came down from heaven above to help a world in need. He dwells again in heaven's realm, the Son of God. Still he loves his little one
last night. 